0: Welcome to Dose of Support. We are an interdisciplinary show that highlights healthcare workers. We share stories and self-care in healthcare every week. I'm your host, Dr. Vanessa Casper, a nurse practitioner and a healthcare worker just like you. Remember,
1: I'm not your healthcare provider. Our guests are not your healthcare provider and we're not giving healthcare advice here. Seek out care from your own healthcare provider.
0: This podcast, host, guest, And associated social media platforms are not representing an employer or organization. It's hard out there. So let's find some self-care in healthcare. Stay tuned. season. Welcome back to the huddle. This last month has been a whirlwind and I like to practice what I preach, right? So here we talk about self-care for the healthcare worker and I have needed some extra help. And I just felt like maybe normalizing this even more like we do every time we have a show is to talk about what's going on. And I started therapy again. And if you listen to episode zero, then you'll know it's not my first rodeo. But I wanted to encourage anyone listening that if they even are questioning, like just do it. Just go to therapy if it is a resource available to you. And I know that not everyone has access to that. And I wanted to be really transparent about this because I think that your self-care and how you handle your life and your work-life balance, it ebbs and flows. And for me right now, it's challenging. It's really challenging. And I'm having a hard time. And that's when I was like, okay, the self-care needs to be stepped up a notch. And so I wanted to share that with you because that can be for you too. Um, And along those lines, Thanksgiving is coming up. Really a whole season of gratitude, being together, gift giving um, with this holiday season is coming up and a lot of us spend money during this time. And one of the reasons I chose to air this episode with Allie is because of that. She has a way of changing your mindset around money and how you spend money and how you feel towards money. So I really appreciate all of the doses out there listening this week and supporting the show as always thank you so much and enjoy the episode She's a pick you nurse by day and a money mentor by night. She helps nurses find a good relationship with money, coaches nurses on how to get out of debt, and teaches financial self care. It's the debt free nurse, Allie Hall. Welcome, Allie, to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here because we've been online buddies for a little while. And you really are like such a really positive influence on people online for how they view their relationship with money. And that's kind of how we got connected because you really try to help nurses, but you're a PICU nurse too. So what's that about? What's a day in the life as a PICU nurse?
1: So I actually didn't start out as a PICU nurse. I did most of my um, nursing career in adult ICU. And so it's definitely a little different than adult ICU, Um, but I now work day shift as a PICU nurse. So I'll um, get to work at like 645. Um, We do a huddle where I work now. Um, And so we'll do a huddle and then I'll get my report sheets. Um, I usually get between one and three patients depending on what the census looks like and um, what the floor looks like in general um mm-hmm. but if i have two patients i'll usually look at my more sick patient um first it's something that i've always done um unless there's something immediately that needs to be done with one of them um i'll introduce myself of course we write on the whiteboards <laughs> <laughs> have to make sure you write on the whiteboards um and then um i usually talk to the parents Um, One of the things that I really implement um, as a PICU nurse is including the family members. It's something that I I really have a heart for um, because it's their kids. And so they usually know better than we do, especially um, if they're more chronic kids or kids who um, have been sick in the past. Um, They'll usually tell you before something actually happens um, or if they feel worried or um, Hmm. if there's something wrong. So I always kind of talk to the parents and ask them you know, like let me know if, if there's anything going on or, you know, if you think that um they need any other type of care, um, or if you if you're worried at all. Um so I'll yeah. do that and then I'll get into my day. Um now having like the age group
0: for PICU? Oh, I'm I'm just thinking like you go all the way up to eighteen, don't you?
1: Yes, and actually um so we anyone who comes out of the NICU um if they have left the NICU for the most part, um they will come to pick you. Um so we can have newborns all the way up to 18-19. And actually if they're still um managed, like if we have a diabetic and they're still managed by pediatric endocrinology, um we can get them all the way up until like 2021 20, if they go into DKA. Um okay. and during COVID, we were taking at my old hospital, we took a couple like mid twenties patients. And I know I have a friend who also works pick you up in Virginia and they were taking up to 30 year olds, um, during COVID. Um, but usually it's, it's birth up to, um, 18, 19 years old.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, a lot of the listeners know I would not take care of a kid if you gave me millions of dollars like there is not enough money that's why i'm not an fnp like there there's not enough money to make me take care of the kids like i have one child at home and that is like enough um and watch i'll be like oh let's do it again and make another one um but it's <laughs> like amnesia yes yes But I've never had this affinity, and it's because parents drive me crazy, and I've said that. So I really liked what you said about how you approach parents because you're really giving them some power back that they lose. And as a parent, I think I would want that. I think I would feel like, oh, she's giving me some control in a situation that I don't have any control in. Um, I think that would feel really good. So that's a great approach. do you ever feel like your workload and acuity isn't quite right? Or do you ever feel stressed because of like the stuff that you're doing or seeing when you're there?
1: So it depends. So it depends on what type of patients that we have. Um, for a while, we had a lot of chronic kids. Um, and so when when kids are more chronic, um, they require more medications, um, are total care patients. Um, so when you have two to three total care patients, it's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they have bolus feeds and, and all of that, and they have like PT, OT, um, so it depends on the patient population. Um, if you have your typical, like PICU patients, like DKA, um, like an arrest patient, um, stuff like that. That, that is a little more manageable and um depending on like what drips you're on and stuff um it, it it's a little bit better but i i feel like the patients who are more total care um chronic patients um those are usually the tougher ones especially when they're paired mm. um i would take a one to one like on a lot of drips and i'm i'm able to manage that a little bit better um than two or three uh more like stable um, but more busy patients. Um, as
0: a former ICU nurse, yes. <laughs> I, concur. I concur a one-to-one. I will take any day a yes. super sick one-to-one with, I think the, the most strips I've had running at once was 12.
1: Yes. I think, I think I probably have done 12 in CVICU, like on ECMO and on 12 drips. Yeah.
0: I love night shift. So you just switched from night shift to day shift and you are loving it. And I'm kind of shocked because I hated day (laughs) shift as well. I still kind of hate day shift, even though I work it. (laughs) So tell me more.
1: So actually, when I started nursing, I lasted about six months on night shift. Um, I don't have a thyroid. I was diagnosed with Graves' disease. Oh, God. Almost 10 years ago now. Um, So I ended up getting radioactive iodine, and I've always had trouble absorbing my medication for some reason. Um, Yeah, they're not quite sure why. Um, I have a new doctor now, and he's looking into some things, but um, I seem to be managed a lot better now. Um, But night shift was a huge trigger for me, um, especially sleep wise and like when to take my medicine. Um so I quickly flipped from nights to days as a new grad because of all of that going on. When I moved to the new hospital that I was working at the last five years, it wasn't an option to work days. You had to work nights first. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to pick you it was the same thing. Um and it took years to get on to days. So I kind of changed my mindset around night shift and just accepted the fact that I like would be on night shift for quite a while. Um, And so I developed like a good routine. I like loved the people on night shift. Mm -hmm. Um, I really just was like, okay, I'm a night shifter. Like I I can figure this out. Like, this will be great. I um, started taking Like certain supplements. I took, like, I think melatonin and then tried some other stuff uh, to see if that would help. Um, And I became a night shifter, which was very surprising. I, you know, would work out and do all that kind of stuff. So when I moved, I was asked, do I want day shift or night shift? And I had to think about it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know, because the stuff that I was going through was so tough to be on nights because you'd be sleeping during the day and then you'd be up all night, like at work thinking when you were not busy, um, about all the stuff that was going on. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, um, it, it, it just made it a lot harder for me to deal with the stuff that was going on. And I was like, you know what? I want a normal schedule. I want on my days off to be actual days off. I don't want to be sleeping. Um, and I don't mind picking up night shifts now now and then. I do that sometimes, um, but my core schedule is day shift. And especially, you know, owning my business and you know running my social media, it's just so much easier you know, to, to be on days. And I was like, I'm like newly single. I I want, I just want to be like a normal person. I want to be on days. Um, so it's been an adjustment. I am learning. I am not a morning person and I am not a night person. I'm like a midday person. Yeah.
0: I'm an (laughs) evening shift person for sure. Okay. So Allie, we are going to take a break and when we come back, we'll get into your story. So everyone stay tuned. And we're back from the break with our pick you nurse and money mentor, Allie Hall. Allie has quite the story for us, so get into it. Let's hear
1: it. All right. So, um I know I kind of alluded to it earlier. Um but about I guess now it would be 7 months. Um I was married um and I am now going through a divorce. I'm currently separated. Um it was something that I never thought was going to happen. Um I was super blindsided by the whole situation. Um and Basically, my reasoning for bringing this story up um, is being a nurse in a pandemic, um, owning my own business, you know, running a social media account, and all of the things I was going through last year. Um, I was just feeling like I was on top of the world, even though in the midst of COVID and and working as a nurse, and you know, I was doing my NP um, and. All of that hit me very hard. Um, I had to take two weeks. I took two weeks off. Um, I probably could have taken more. But as nurses and um, you know women, we like to get back <laughs> into things very quickly. Um, and I actually talked about this today on my Instagram, but I had two choices. I could either let it ruin me or I could pick myself back up and take one step at a time and, and choose which things I needed to get done. Um, and I found a job within, I want to say 48 hours, um, after it happened. Um, I was looking for jobs. I, um, decided I was going to move back up to the Raleigh area. Um, I have a good like connection and like good um, group of friends up here. Um, I'm actually originally from California, so it had definitely crossed my mind to move back home. Yeah. Um, but I decided to stay. Um, I do really love North Carolina. Um, I've been here for about six years, six and a half. Um, so quickly got back into work. Um. My unit was great when everything happened. Um, the first person I called, other than my mom, um, was my manager at the time. She is one of the best managers I have probably ever had. Um, and she was one of the most understanding um managers and people that I could have had um at the time Aww. um that's so like it was rare, super that's a helpful. rare thing
0: to find I feel like
1: yeah so, she would have let me take off as much time as I needed but I had to tell her like at two weeks I was like I need to come back to work
0: <laughs> <laughs> so like to be to just like back the train up a second like A divorce is like a death, like losing someone. And people, I think a lot of people listening might know that. Maybe they've experienced it themselves. Um, But you're also like a young person too. And I just don't know how – I know when it happened to me. I didn't have the coping skills that I needed. I was was so young and I wasn't really grown up enough yet to – to know how to handle it. And it really hits you in every way, financially, housing, um, like your basic needs that can no longer be met when you just don't have a spouse anymore that you were doing that with. And Mm -hmm. I know like, gosh, I had to like refinance a car loan. And there's so many things that are interwoven that you have to unweave when there's a divorce. And it's like this constant process that puts you through that trauma over and over again. Um, And so I just wanted to like point that out, that like you're going through all of this and working and running your business and like- In NP school. (laughs) And school and like you end up getting divorced. And certainly the circumstances around divorce are- you know different for everybody but you you just being younger i was wondering if like you felt like you had the tools you needed to cope and and what those would be for you
1: so something that's super weird and very very interesting is i felt oddly prepared in the weirdest mm. way um when it happened and I'm not quite sure why. I don't know if I subconsciously saw it coming. Yeah, um, I mean, but maybe. I thought, yeah. Um, it's been a mission of mine for the last two years when I started my business um, to have women be more financially literate um, and really just taking ownership ship and owning the hell out of their own finances. And that's something I did really well um, the last two years because if this would have happened to me two, two, three, four years ago, I would have been a mess. I wouldn't have had the coping mechanisms. I wouldn't have been able to financially deal with any of it. No, not at all. Um, But because I set myself up the way that I set myself up, um, I was able to make those decisions and not have to work. I mean, I still had to worry about a lot of stuff, but like, I feel like I was able to make the decisions without the hate, the judgment and, and separate the two. So while I was doing many things, <laughs> I I would get upset and I'd be like, why did this have to happen? You know, like what, what is going on? You know, if, if he didn't do this X, Y, Z. Um, but at the end of the day, Um, even though I, I had to ask myself those questions, um, because I think it's like you said, like a death, you need to go through all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think I, I was able to deal with it a little bit easier because I had the financial resources to do so. So some of the things that I did before this all happened was I, I paid off my student loans. I didn't have any debt. Um, the only thing I had was my car loan when this all happened. Um, so that was the only debt that I had. Um, the house was in both of our names. Um, I knew I didn't want the house. Um, and he did. And so that, that was a good benefit, um, that we did own a home together. Um, our finances were not combined, which is something I was very transparent about on my Instagram and, and we combined things that mattered and, and we didn't, we just, you know, it was just something that worked for us as a, couple living together before we yeah. got married and, and so I we just can say like that.
0: like so after my divorce i felt very strongly after having to unweave that weave um i so i've i've now been married for over 5 years and i have a child and all the things right um but we actually still keep separate finances because of what I went through in my divorce. And not, not because there isn't trust, not, but, but it really, it, it actually helps in your relationship when you don't have to worry about what someone's doing with the money. Like I do whatever Mm -hmm. I want with my money. He does whatever he wants with his money. Um, And so that's really interesting. So you had this stuff separated um, and you guys contributed, you know, however you had it set up to, you know, have that partnership, but, um, it sounds like you, you were stable without him
1: financially. Yeah. And so that's why in a weird way, like I've always kind of had this as my messaging as like empowering women to be financially literate and financially aware and you know feel like they are powerful and 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 know what where their money is going and I didn't really know why I didn't know why I had this pull yeah almost three years ago now because there was no other reason or sign or anything that like I should be interested in this Hmm. and now almost three years later I'm like well maybe this is maybe this is why like maybe maybe it was preparing me for it so while i i feel like all the work because i did a lot of work on myself as well in the last 2 years um which is why i think part of one of the things that we probably grew apart um was because i'm not the same person that i was 2 years ago um when we got married um and so i think it prepared me, but then also, I think it also made us grow apart as well, um, which is interesting. Um One But thing I that think- I learned, I, I
0: don't know if this is actually true, but it's like a saying that somebody told me is that women always evolve mm-hmm. and men always stay the same. Not that they don't learn and grow and whatever, but like that tendencies and personality and things like that, women are on this adventure, this like evolution um, and that men are like very steady in where they are. And even though they learn and grow, does that make any sense? It's like, yeah, so men men stay the same, not in a bad way, mm-hmm. but like that's where they are. and And women are like always seeking. And mm-hmm. I don't know where that comes from, but it has certainly – resonated with me and and stayed true to what I've seen and maybe some of our our guy listeners out there can perk uh, you know speak up <laughs> speak up um I don't want you to think that this is in any way a negative um but just the way that people work together um I have found that to be true so mm-hmm. definitely that's interesting so you you outgrew him that's okay mhm yeah so you were kind of talking about like personal growth and working on yourself and and self-care. So financial self-care isn't the only self-care. Um, and we'll get into your business a little bit more, but I want to know what else do you do to take care of you? Um.
1: So in general, so I'll do general and then I'll talk about financial self-care as well. But um, in general, I have a morning routine that I've now I do like a mini version when I work day shift. It was a lot easier when I was working nights um, because you'd wake up a little bit earlier and you have a little bit more time. Um, But most mornings I get up and I journal three pages. So anything that's on my mind, I just journal. Um, And then I do the five minute journal. And then um, after that, I usually read. Um, Reading has been a huge piece of my self-growth in the last probably two to three years. Um, I think wow. last year I read about 30 books. Oh
0: my um, gosh. Yeah. Like, so like what I, do I really you like read? Reading. Tell me like, what's your genre?
1: Probably self-help is usually
0: what that it is. is. That's totally my genre. Yeah. Like I literally mm-hmm. have a screenshot saved on my phone of a book that you shared. Oh really? Um, yeah. It's let me oh my gosh, I don't know what started playing on my phone. Hang on. I, I I opened my phone to get this picture up to tell you which book it is um, because I was watching your stories on Instagram and I was like, oh, I got to get this book because that is totally my genre too. It's the, it's what a time to be alone.
1: Oh, okay. So that book literally, literally changed my life in a lot. Like if you're going through a breakup, divorce, anything, or even just like want to like be okay being alone and like accept yourself for who you are. That book is great. Like, so
0: it's it's what a time to be alone by
1: Shandara Agrudi. Am I saying that right? I'm not sure, but she's um at the Slum Flower on Instagram, and I yeah. just love her. Yeah, I actually found the book on TikTok, and I was like, oh, I need to read this, okay. and I read it in like two days. So it's one of those that you can kind of flip through, um. And I'm very
0: also, I'm also very impressed by your journaling, like, so three pages in a journal and you just like brain dump. Mm-hmm. So
1: I did a, this is going to be very woo woo. <laughs> um, okay. I am going on a retreat to Sedona next week um, with someone I met through MB, um, who I've done breath work with, um, which is also one of the things that I've done that has literally transformed my life. Um, I was doing weekly breathwork sessions after the divorce and it really just helped get rid of a lot of the trauma and the feelings that I didn't want to talk about. Cause I'm not very good at talking about my feelings. And so that in combination with therapy um, was very, very helpful. So uh, tell me about
0: breathwork. How do you define that? Cause people like people that have tried yoga, will be like, oh, like, you know, lion's breath or, you know, like some people might know what you mean, but some people Mm -hmm. might not. So explain what that is.
1: So my friend MB is actually a, I think it's a pause breath work, um, facilitator. And she also works for the company as well, I think. Um, but basically, Um, the way that she describes it is usually it's an hour and a half long session. And the first 30 to 45 minutes for us is usually just me talking to her. So it's like a mini therapy session, which is what it has kind of been. And then from there, she will have me lay down and do like a breathwork pattern, um, for, Usually it's between fifteen and thirty minutes. So and she there's just different... tells you like how to breathe
0: and when yes. to take a breath and counts and like
1: she doesn't count, but like she'll. So you do a pattern and it's all based off of like your own rhythm. And Interesting. You do it without judgment. Um, I actually had her come into my mentorship program and do it, and she um, it was like a ten minute um session. Uh, but you there's different there's I don't know that there's two different types of like breathing patterns that you can do. Um, And basically the way that she describes it is your body holds on to a lot of emotions, a lot of things that you can't let go of by just talking. It's more just like in, in you. And so when you breathe, it's moving energy and you're able to get that energy out. Um, oh, I love that. That is woo,
0: and that's okay. It's very woo. <laughs> that that's okay because like people, I love woo. <laughs> like whoever's listening, might might ha- hold a certain spiritual belief or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like like people can take that however they digest it, sit with that for a second. But you know, it can be a way to move mm-hmm. that energy. I I like how you're saying that. Definitely. Um, so you've done extensive work then. Doing doing this breath work and then therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I yeah. love it. I love it. I want to go on a retreat. I used to go on yoga retreats um <sighs> before the pandemic and before I got knocked up. <laughs> I went on several retreats and I went alone. I went without anyone. Mm-hmm. And I would meet all of these amazing people that are were just doing a weekend away, doing some
1: yoga. Some deep mm-hmm. breathing. So, so this right is an idea. energy healing retreat. Yes. And it's it's to teach you how to like heal your own energy. So it's like even more woo. Um, but I That's convinced okay. my mom to go, Oh, um, <gasps> it's fun. It'll just be a fun was, girls' weekend. Well, it's six days. So Ooh. I guess just trusting that like those kind of self-care things to me are like really important. Okay. And it's it that kind of feeds into like financial self-care is I always talk about um, spending in alignment with your values, and mm-hmm. one of the books that I read recently was um, *Limitless*, um, and he talks about your core values. Um, and I had never sat down like I would always say, like, "Oh, just spend in alignment with your values." And a lot of people in the financial like literacy world, or you know, like the the financial bloggers, will talk about this, but no one will really explain like what it means to. Spend in alignment with your values, and you have to know what your values are first for you to even be able to like think about that. And so, for me, when I read the book Limitless, he had you write down what your core values are, and one of mine was definitely self care, Um, and then my other one was freedom, um, ph- like philanthropy. Um. So, like, how then, many?
0: How many can you choose? I'm so just I picked
1: four. Okay, but like freedom. That would be more like what jobs you pick, like how like how what kind of um hours you work. Like that's not really like your freedom isn't gonna be related to like spending, but the other three, you would like pick things that like would align with um that value. So for me, when I say like self-care is one of my values, things like that, like I will invest in breath work, I will invest in mentorships, I will invest in um like I get my hair done. Um I pay someone to do my tra- like training for um working out. Like she will do my programming. So like things like that were really important to me. Okay. And that's kind of how I approach money in general anyways. And so I think when you take up an approach like that, it's it's more like financial self-care instead of this like rigid, strict budgeting method. Um so, so how do of- you
0: how do you like I'm just I wrote down a few things like family, health, freedom, like I'm mm-hmm. I'm I wrote down a couple of values, things that I value. But how do you look at a purchase? Like let's say I am going to go to Macy's and mm-hmm. buy some spring dresses. Um <laughs> so then do you do you look at that and say, does this align with your values and then you make a decision based off of that
1: you can so some money you can just spend like obviously you're gonna have like your miscellaneous like you need to cover your needs so like if you if you want if you like buying dresses if you you know like buying clothes you like buying whatever like I like workout clothes obviously that that could be under my self-care but I also don't need like 10 pairs of leggings like that. <laughs> that's a little excessive. Um, so you can, obviously your personal money is your personal money, but the more that you get in tune with what your values are and the bigger purchases that you make um, align with your values, the better you'll feel about spending money in general. And then also what you want to look at too, I know we're kind of going off into a different
0: different yeah, section, but okay. um,
1: but when you look at your finances and you look at your goals, you want to make sure that what you're doing is aligned with your goals, but also your values. So there's like a twofold to that. Okay. So if your goal is to retire when you're 40, you might not have a bunch of personal money to spend on you know, frivolous things, but you may still be able to have some personal money to spend in alignment with your values. So that means you may, like if you value travel, you may be able to put some money aside to travel. So the key is not to not spend money on anything and it's not to deprive yourself of everything if you do have a a big financial goal, Um, but it's to be able to do basically it all without making these huge sacrifices on things that you actually value. So what maybe have you, you don't care.
0: What have you found, have, like as you've mentored people, what have you found have been like the hardest things that people deal with when it comes to money?
1: So definitely their mindset around money. So um, believing that they'll never have enough um, and just the avoidance that comes with that. So if you always feel like you're going to be in debt and you always feel like you don't make enough a lot of times we'll just avoid and shut down. Hmm. And so that's a big issue that people have. It's something that I did too. And then you would just, you just spend more because you're avoiding it and you're never looking at it. Um, And the other issue would be, we work in a job that's very stressful, anyone in healthcare in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of us turn to stress spending, impulse spending um, to make us feel better. Yeah. And then we get stressed out about money and then we'll pick up over time. That's yep. the cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, so then the people two get burnt things out things more. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. And so
0: um, for those two big things, I know it, it takes like time and a lot of personal self-work and reflection. But what what are a couple of tips that the listeners can take away right now? If they want to look into their own money relationship or get some financial self-care, what can they do?
1: So the first thing is, um, if we're talking about the first one that we were talking about, where um, they just avoid things altogether, um, would be to actually write down what your goals are because a lot of times when we don't know where we're going we're not going to get there so we're just kind of like letting it all just happen and money can't just like happen
0: because it will just all be spent Uh, that is going to be like a quote a quote for the show money just can't happen money just can't money it
1: can't (laughs) it'll just sit there or it'll actually just all get spent so I like to call it like like finding the leaks in your account because basically, if you don't stop up the leaks, it's just gonna all leak out of your account. Um. So what what you want to do is create an awareness first of where money's going, what is actually coming in. You don't know how many people that I've talked to that don't even look at their paychecks. Wow. Which is something that like is crazy to me because <laughs> I was the person that would like obsessively look at my paycheck the day before be like, okay, I have this much, like when I was starting all this, this is how much I have, this is what I'm going to do with it. Like, so you have to give all of your money a place to go to once you get into that. But even just creating the awareness is going to decrease your anxiety because you have to look at what is fact and what is your feelings. Um, and that's something that I worked with a mindset coach for my business. And that's something that she talks about that, like, will stick with me forever. I've found because a lot of times, feelings are not facts. Yes. I have So heard you that. want to figure out what the facts are. So if you're, you just let your mind run, um, and say, I don't have enough, you know, I don't make enough money. Like where is all my money going? But in actuality, you're spending three, $400 on stuff that you didn't even think you were spending on. Well, there's your three, $400 and you are making enough. So just create that awareness and look at the facts versus what are your feelings. Um, And then moving on to the other part, um, when we're talking about impulse spending, um, some of the things and the tools that I've given my mentees um, are to find a different. So you want to replace your your bad habit with a good habit. So um, one, figure out what your spending triggers are. So whether that is a bad shift, you know, feeling underappreciated at work, um, driving by. Chick-fil-A in the morning, which was something I used to do all the time on <laughs> Night Shift. Um, one, but, but also allowing yourself to do that every once in a while, but making sure that it's not triggered by something else. So finding out what your spending triggers are, and then when you're feeling those triggers, go do something else. So if you're bored – so one of the things – I used to spend money all the time when I was bored on my days off. So what oh, I do instead now – uh-huh. So like a lot of us like we have all these days off and we're like, Oh, let's go shopping. Like and you know, those like stupid shirts that say like shopping is my cardio or like, you know, like <laughs> shopping is my therapy, like all of that kind of stuff is just so silly. Oh, no, my my but shirt says it's running
0: running late is my cardio and you experienced <laughs> that just today. It's okay. me running late <laughs> is my cardio. I've been
1: there. Been so there. yes. So, um, instead of doing all of those things, you want to replace it with something else. So like, I'll go on a walk with my dogs or I'll read a book or, um, I'll sit out on my patio and listen to music. Um, so there's other things that I do that will replace it and still give me that dopamine hit that like shopping would have given me. Um, so that's another thing. So like find out what you actually really like to do and do that instead. Um, but those are like my two tangible yeah. tips for both of those things. I, if I you're like in what either. you
0: said, uh, like, even with the avoidance, I have found, and I am not a money expert, but I have found that when you look at all the things and you like go through your account and you know, you know, what's coming in, you know, what's going out, it gives you control that maybe you didn't mm-hmm. feel like you had. And, it and that can empower people just to like, like they know what's going on and planning for the future. Obviously we are not, I like to say like, we are not your healthcare provider. When, when we're, when we have listeners, I, I don't want them to think that we're giving healthcare advice on the show. The mm-hmm. same thing here. We are not giving financial, um, Definitely. <laughs> we are not giving, we're not, we're not financial planners or advisors mm-hmm. here. Um, but when you think about your mindset and how to shift that and how, how you feel around money. Um, I've even noticed when you don't avoid it, you feel empowered because you're in control. Um, And I really, I like what you said about that. I think people can maybe just pay a little bit more attention and feel a little bit more empowered. Allie, thank you so, 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 so much for coming on Dose of Support today. You're welcome. If the listeners want to find your mentorship program or follow you or just, you know, give you a dose of support, how can they find you?
1: So I'm at the underscore debt-free nurse on Instagram and then also TikTok. Um, And I usually have most of my mentorship stuff in the link in my bio. So you can either send me a message or click the link in my bio, whatever is easier. That's beautiful. Well, thank you again for being here
0: you can extend a dose of support even further by visiting us on facebook instagram on our website or by giving us a rating or review you can always support the show monetarily on patreon.com slash dose of support dose of support is written organized emails edited produced published all the things by me vanessa casper with exclusive music by john schreier i'm punching out this week But I will be back in your ears next week for another Dose of Support.